0: Many defeats and many fruitless victories. This line is uttered by a character of Tolkien's Elrond, the elf, and I thought of it when preparing this homily because I think it describes well life outside the Garden of Eden. Thistles and thorns and sweat accompany the production of our daily bread, and pangs are the herald of childbirth. There is genuine joy, of course, in sharing bread and at the birth of a child, but all such joys carry with them the taint of danger and even looming disaster. Life in this world outside of Eden, as I put it, seems stuck in an ebb and flow of gain and loss. Uh, But this quote I began with is from a fictional character, And in fact, uh, he belongs to a fictional race. Elrond is an elf, and he's not a human being. And this is significant for understanding what Tolkien is getting at. And He's writing as a good and faithful Catholic in his novels. The elves are connected to this world, this cosmos, this earth, in a way stronger than men are. Men have a peculiar quality of looking at things symbolically, and not just literally. And that's to say that human beings see, or at least have the ability to see, the spiritual behind the material. Again, oddly enough, the elves uh, in Tolkien's fiction cannot do this. Man yearns to commune with something beyond what appears to his senses, and he yearns to get out of the cycle of defeats and fruitless victories whereas the elves lack this imagination. If I can switch over to Jewish imagination, the place where this cycle was to be broken was the city of Jerusalem. This was the city where men and God dwelt together, and God's presence made the city impregnable to attack. This imaginative and symbolic reading of the real place, Jerusalem, suffered a certain blow when the city was captured and destroyed in the year 587 BC and it fell to the prophets to explain how could this happen if this is where god dwells the prophet ezekiel is one of the great uh, explainers in this work and in his book he says this is the result of god departing from the city god departed because of the pollution of sin which had infected Jerusalem. And when God leaves, the city is no longer impregnable to attack. And as a result of this, Ezekiel concerns himself greatly with the moral improvement of the Jewish people after the exile, which happens at this time, and also with ritual exactitude in God's temple, and the worship of God. And he was certainly on to something, but again, on the literal level, he's on to something. And whatever success of his program, it was, or as it turned out to be, another fruitless victory. And away, because Jerusalem was to fall again in 70 AD this time, and the temple this time would not be rebuilt. The problem as I see it is that this reform program, and by the way, uh, the second part of Isaiah contains a certain critique of Ezekiel. Uh, The the problem with this reform program is that it can be taken too literally. Uh, and that's why we, can, we keep the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, because we read it spiritually. We can also take Jerusalem itself too literally and not see it symbolically. Because in order to break the cycle of defeat and fruitless victory, this requires a getting outside of this world. It requires an in-breaking from another place, another world. And the establishment of a sinless and faithful Jerusalem, one that will not fall, requires the action of God's Holy Spirit. And we say that this action occurs in the conception of the Virgin Mary and her preservation from the effects of sin that pervade this world. Mary is both in this world, but also a harbinger of the world to come. And as such, she is the fitting dwelling place of God's Son. She is the mother of all who are translated out of this world at the sacrament of baptism, the sacrament that removes sin and grafts each of us into the spiritual Jerusalem. As such, gone are the days of fruitless victories, and in their place we have the abundantly fruitful defeat of the cross, what Tolkien again calls eucatastrophe, the beneficent disaster of God's death. This death ushers in the era of the Holy Spirit, this time, this end time in which we live now, in which we, the baptized, genuinely can step outside of the numbing cyclicity of the passing world and pass over spiritually to the communion of saints. All of this is heralded in today's solemnity, which is a fitting prelude to the celebration of the Incarnation in just a few weeks' time. This Church itself is a symbol of this New Jerusalem, of the Immaculate Conception of our Spiritual Mother, both Mary and the Church. It is here, in this Church building, that we step outside of this world, and into the new fellowship with the sinless saints, sharing with them the foretaste of the great banquet of heaven, where all defeat shall be turned into joyous victory, and no victory will be without its precious fruit.